Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are you ready? It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 270 of the Wayne's Comics podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This week is the return of Brendan Deneen. And he's got a new company, at least new to this podcast, called Scout Comics, and a lot of great product to talk about. I wanted to real briefly read the description from ScoutComics.com about the company. Scout Comics and Entertainment develops, publishes, and launches creator-owned comics. By consistently bringing exciting new, talented voices and their intellectual property to market, We have established ourselves as a pipeline to major studios and producers for some of the best new characters ripe for development in TV, film, digital, and video games. We discussed the books that he's been putting out since the company came around a little over a year and a half ago. And what he's got in store, they recently announced a whole bevy of new stories and series that we can enjoy. And we'll get into most of those during our discussion. So I'm sure you're going to want to hear what he has to say. There's a lot to get to. So let's get on with the show. It's terrific to welcome back to the podcast, Brendan Deneen, formerly of Arden Entertainment and doing uh, all kinds of good books, including Flash Gordon, which I still love. And I notice you still sell on your website, which is now Scout Comics. How are you doing today? Ah, how are you doing today, Brendan? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, I've missed you, so I'm glad to, to be back uh, on your radar. Thanks. So talk about how the evolution came, because you were in Arden Entertainment, and you were doing good stuff, and I lost track of you for a little while, and now you're doing Scout Comics, which is getting a lot of good buzz on the internet and people in the industry. Talk about that evolution, how that happened. So we started Arden in 2008, and you're right, but we started off with a bang. Our first book was Flash Gordon, which I wrote, and we ran multiple story arcs and original graphic novels for that. And the response was incredible to that series. And we followed that up with a bunch of books, including 
a reboot of Casper the Friendly Ghost, which was also very well received. And we put out a lot of different types of books that, that I'm really proud of. But as things do, my life got busy. Rich Ems, who was my partner at, at Arden, his life got busy. And we really weren't able to give it the kind of attention it needed. So a few years ago, Arden it was still around, but it just was not putting out many, if any, books and it was very, you know, a very discouraging situation. But I always, in the back of my head, had a plan someday to bring it back to life, which really came together about um, two and a half years ago or so at New York Comic Con, which I can tell you about, but I don't want to reveal all the secrets right away. But, but yes, Arden, I loved it, but it served its purpose. No one could spell it or pronounce it. Um, and so that was one of its problems, or two, two of its problems. Mm-hmm. I was reading over your stuff. Some of your stuff I actually have, like Solar oh, Man. Nice. I have Solar Man. I've also got, of all things, Solar Flare as well. Yeah. So I've got all the solar books, I guess, I guess. Yeah, so. we publish all, I think we're only going to start publishing books with the word solar in the title <laughs> from now on. <laughs> Captain Solar, Solar Junior. <laughs> Mr. Solar. Solar Man of the Atom. Oh, wait, that one's taken. <laughs> <laughs> solar Woman. You know, I do all this That's right, of course. Of course. So I gotta do this stuff. So, all right. Solar Lab. Because as I look over the list of Scout stuff, you've got a wonderful selection to talk about. Of course, we mentioned Solar Man and stuff. There are other things that are really interesting, and you're telling very different kinds of stories, you know. The one I'm interested in particularly is like Terminal Protocol. Yeah, it's a great book. It's a one-shot. It's sci-fi, which is near and dear to my heart. That is a fantastic story about a married couple. They're very, very in love. They're both cutting-edge scientists who work in robotics, and they're working on a way to transfer consciousness from the human brain or the human soul to a robotic body. And when one of them is diagnosed with a terminal disease, they see this as a way of perhaps cheating death. But of course, nothing is as easy as it should be or or you want it to be. And so things get dark very fast in this situation. It's a great book. I'm a big Philip K. Dick fan, so it plays into a lot of the Philip K. Dick type stories where you're telling an entertaining yarn, but you're also grappling with questions of what is it to be alive? What does it mean to have a soul? What is love? Can we live forever? It's so fun to play with big ideas while telling a fun story. And that's one where we have just attached a screenwriter to adapt it. So uh, I, I have very high hopes for that one. Now, one of the things about your company that's really interesting, I mean, of course, you've got a great website at scoutcomics.com. I want to mention that because a lot of information out there. One of the things you talk about is your ability to access other forms of media like TV and movies and things like that. So if you're a comics person, every comic in my mind is like a proposal for a TV show or a movie. Right, absolutely. Yeah, so I have been working in the book-to-film space, comic book-to-film or TV space, professionally for 17 years. I used to work at the William Morris Agency. I used to work for Scott Rudin, for Bob and Harvey Weinstein, and I was doing books-to-film for all those people. So I have unintentionally put together an expertise in the book-to-film process. And Arden did a little bit of that, but we were focused pretty heavily on licensed properties, the Flash Gordons and the Caspers and the Atlas Comics reboot, which I was also very proud of, although it sort of ended more abruptly than I would have liked it to. And so, like I said, two and a half years ago, when Arden was sort of in its dying gasps, 
I did sort of one last New York Comic Con. I don't think I had any new books at that point. And one of the first people who approached me was the guy who owned the Solar Man rights. It was an old Marvel book written by Stan Lee with covers by Mike Zeck, one of my favorites. Mm. And this guy, Dave Olafon, asked me if I was a publisher. I said yes. I was the first person he spoke to. He showed me the Solar Man number one cover from 1989. Mm -hmm. And I remember buying that when I was in high school. And I was like, oh, man, yeah, of course I remember this. And he said, okay, well, let's talk. And he, you know, he told me later that he did the rounds at the convention. He came back to me and he said, look, I really like your experience. I like your film acumen. And during that same convention, a young woman came up to me. It was Kristen Gudsnuck, who was the creator of Hench Girl. Mm -hmm. And same thing. She asked me if I was a publisher and I saw her pages and I instantly thought this is a big comic this is a winner mm -hmm. I couldn't believe no one had picked her up yet mm -hmm. so at that convention I signed both Solar Man and Hench Girl before they came out I had been tinkering with the idea of changing the name of Arden for quite a while again because no one could spell or pronounce it and I was starting to gather a team around me and we ended up falling onto the name Scout Comics which to my surprise pleasant surprise was not taken so we rebranded as Scout Comics, and our first book was Hench Girl. And it did very well, but within about three or four issues, I ended up setting up the TV rights with an A-list actress attached to produce. I'm not allowed yet to say what her name is, but mm -hmm. trust me, you've seen lots and lots of movies with her. Mm -hmm. And that news that there was an A-list actress attached, which she still is, broke out onto the Internet, and suddenly Hench Girl number one was selling for fifty, a hundred, two hundred dollars. Goodness. And our issue four, issue five, the pre orders started going up. Then we came out with Solar Man and I quickly sold those rights on behalf of Dave Olafont to Deborah Martin Chase, who's an amazing producer, uh, has done a ton of movies. And Solar Man number one started selling for twenty dollars a, a piece. So, you know, you never predict what is going to hit and what's not going to hit. But for whatever reason, some combination of changing the company name, Hench Girl, Solar Man, suddenly Scout was being talked about in a way that Arden, even at its height with Flash Gordon, I think, was never really talked about. It was always about Flash Gordon, not really about Arden. But now it was Scout, Scout books. They're worth money. They're good books. They're quality books. So now it's been about a year and a half since we launched Hench Girl number one. And it's been incredible. And yes, to answer your question, I tried to do a little bit in there. Mm -hmm. We are, I think, uniquely positioned for a company our size to help, especially new comic book creators, get their books looked at by Hollywood. Basically, what you get from Scout is you get your book in the comic stores, which is every new creator's dream. Mm -hmm. But you also get access to my Rolodex yeah. of Hollywood producers, which is 17 years worth of people. And so that, I think it's very, been very attractive to people. Mm -hmm. It's great. It's a great idea because, you know, every person would love to see their work on this. You want to see created by or written by on the TV screen or on the movie screen. <laughs> yep. You know, everybody I know, anybody I know who's a writer is dying. If they could just see their name up there, even just once on the screen, they would love life, you know, especially. With yeah, it's an amazing feeling. Look, I remember the first time I, in 2006 that I saw my comic book that I'd written on a comic book store shelf on the wall yeah. at Midtown Comics. It was a great moment. And then when the first time I saw my name as a, an executive producer on a TV show, it's, you know, neither is actually better or worse than the other. It's just it's, it's a thrill, but you're right. There is something really fun about the idea of seeing 
your name on a screen, you know, 20 feet tall. And, you know, I think the important thing for Scout is that we don't want to put out books in a pessimistic way where we're only putting out books because we want the movie or TV deal. We really are trying to put out great comic books that stand on their own as great books. If they happen then to become movies or TV shows, that is amazing. And it's an amazing icing to have on that cake. But I think you asked this question earlier. Yeah, our genres are all different. We don't really care about the genre as much as we care about a voice of a creator or a bunch of creators who come together and tell a story that is beautifully told and beautifully illustrated. That's the most important thing for us. Because a great story is always going to be a great story. Right. And whether it's in a comic or it's on a TV screen or in a movie theater, you want to read a great story. You want to come away with a feeling like, wow, that was something I'm so happy I invested my time in that. And, you know, your books, you've got such a nice variety of them. I keep looking over. You talked about Hench Girl. And I noticed on your website that a lot of the early issues are sold out. Even that first trade has been sold out. Yeah, so it wasn't a trade. We did a combo, one issue one and two. Okay. Kristen decided to take the trade to Dark Horse. That was a very disappointing decision that she made. That's, of course, totally her right based on our contract that we had with her. I wouldn't sign that kind of contract again, but that was her choice. I'm very disappointed that she made that choice, but I wish her well. But I'm still attached to the Henshaw TV show, Scout is, and we're working with Kristen very closely on that. But yes, the first two issues, I've got a handful of copies, but... Somebody told me at New York Comic Con this past October that he had either sold or saw a copy, a slabbed copy, nine point whatever, sold for like three hundred dollars wow. um, on eBay. I'm just incredible. I mean, we had a very. I mean, look, if there's three thousand copies of Henschel Number One, that that would be. It might even be less. There's, mm-hmm. It was a small print run. Mm-hmm. Number two is actually even smaller. Mm-hmm. I think number two should be worth more money because there's fewer of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wow, because the interesting thing is you you looked at it and you knew right away that it would be profitable or be a, a hit. And I don't know, know if I knew it would be profitable. And I, I did not expect it to launch the art company. It was actually not even supposed to be our first book. We had another book that kind of fell apart, which was not a great way to start the company. But it turned out to be serendipitous because Henshko became our crown jewel, our first book. And I, I knew when I saw it that it was funny, that she's a really good artist, she's a funny writer. I like the idea of having a female creator. I think that we need more female creators, people of color creators, different religious backgrounds, gay, straight. I like the idea of, look, I'm a straight white man. I obviously want my own books to be published, but I think that more voices need to be heard. And whenever, I don't publish any one thing, but the more diversity we can publish, the more diverse submissions that we get in, it makes me really excited to be getting these voices out there. See, to me, I, and I preach this all the time on this podcast, is there are many universes we've never visited. You totally. know. And, and there's all these different kinds of stories that we never experience because, you know, and, and I have this thing and I always get mad at uh, Miles Morales getting stuffed into a Spider-Man outfit and, and all these things be happening. I want to see other creators. There are other books like Solar Man to me is a perfect example of bringing diversity into comics and making things different because, you know, I learned things, number one, about the culture of stuff. There's a book called Black, the same thing. I learned all kinds yeah. of good things about it and I get to experience stuff that I never experience in other kinds of writing and stuff so I am always about you know you talk about a, a female writer and stuff like that I'm a huge supporter not only of female writers but female lead characters Yeah, because there, yeah. there's a lot of stories that people write and it's always a white male and I'm always going like okay I've read that for what decades can I read yeah. something else so that, this is why I love all those kinds of things I like what you're yeah, doing the solar, man, the solar Man thing is interesting because if you look at the 1989 two issues he's this sort of 
white bread, blonde hair guy, you know, which is fine, but he looked like a lot of other heroes of that time. It could have been any number of characters. And so when I was talking to Dave Oliphant about the reboot, at some point the idea of making him black came up, and I was supposed to write the book by myself. And I, I thought it was a great idea. And at that point, a lot of these police shootings were happening. Obviously, they happen, they continue to happen. But at that time, it seemed like every other day you'd hear about a new police shooting. And we were talking about the idea of making Solar Man a black character. And I thought, okay, if we do that, which I think is really interesting, I cannot write that book by myself. I still want to be involved. So we reached out to Joe Illich, and he's, he's a black guy. He's a writer. He's, he's got a very strong voice. He writes a diversity column on comic book resources. Just a smart... You know, he's a smart guy, really good writer. And so he and I, you know, worked on this. We co-write it. He brought this artistic team together to draw it, most of whom were black. And I think the book has this voice, even though it's a reboot of a white bread 1989 two-issue Marvel Comics character. There are some concepts there from the original and from a screenplay of the character that Dave Oliphant wrote that we kept in there. So we were able to stay true to the character, uh, the two issues in, in the screenplay, and Joe's been able to broach a lot of societal subjects that I think are super interesting, again, told in the framework of a fun superhero story, but talking about stuff that needs to be talked about, obviously now more than ever. So yes, we're on the same page. More diverse creators, more diverse characters. Scout's mission is to find those voices and to get them told on the page, on the screen, and so far... You know, knock on wood, it's been going really great. Well, I like that. Of course, I, I saw you at New York Comic Con, and I remember telling you how happy I was you were back in the comics because you have a brand of storytelling that I don't think everybody else can match. You know, you tell a good story that's character-based, and you know, I'm drawn to those kinds of things. I like something that engages me, makes me care about the characters as well as does interesting things with them. And I, I always appreciate that in your writing, and, and you look for that in other people based on the stuff that I've been reading that other people have been doing, like Solar Man. I just think that I managed to get that. I saw one of the creators at, I think it was uh, one of the conferences down here in Florida. And right. I bought them there because I just, I got to get this. This is, you know, whenever I find diverse comics, I've got to get them because I want to support that really desperately. Yeah, yeah. I went on the hunt for it, and we're launching 11 new, at least 11 new comics in this year alone. The one thing is important to mention is that we have built this team, this incredible team of people. Uh, I can't even name them all, but we have just a new publisher, Jim Pruitt and Michael Sanchez, Alan Medina, who is our creative director, Mina Elwell, who does our, our social media. It's just a, an incredible group of people. I could not do what I do without them. And I'm humbled by the people who've stepped up to help me with the vision of this company. Of course, Rich M's, who's still in the UK and still a big part of, of Scout. He was there, you know, from the beginning with me at Arden. So uh, I could never do this alone. I would never pretend to. So they've been great about finding some of these voices and being the voices themselves. Alan writes a book called Elasticator, and Jim is writing a book called Mindbender. I co-write Solar Man. Almost everybody, Mina is writing a book called Infernoct. Almost everybody who works with us has a book in the works. So we're all highly creative, highly motivated, and we all, most importantly, love comic books. See, the thing that I'm always interested in is the fact that, you know, I, I wrote a column about this recently at Major Spoilers about the fact that somebody's got to be making money someplace. And the, the good part, of course, is you get to tell your stories. Because, of, But, you know, you can't do that if you can't break even or pay the bills and stuff. And so to me, when I want, look at your stuff, I mean, I, I think that involving TV and other media in, with it can kind of help fund the comics. 
and other things. Yeah, look, you know, making a living off of comics, as everyone knows, is not easy. And look, we're not making billions of dollars. We are a young company. Even though Arden started in 2008, a year and a half ago, we rebooted. And so we really are a 17-month-old company. So we're a baby company. We are tiny. Even though we've got this great team, we are tiny. We are scrappy. We don't have tons of resources but we know great books when we see them. And we are having a great run right now. And we're not pretending to be, we're not Image, we're not Dark Horse, we're not Dynamite, thank God. Um, we are we are Scout, and we're small, but we, I think, you know, we're putting out some of the best books in the business right now. And then, of course, I, I'm biased, but mm-hmm. I've had people say the same thing to me. And look, we have uh, a hundredth of the resources of all these other companies I just listed. But I'd say our books are as good, if not better. I mean, Dark Horse poached, Henchgirl from us. It's like they're coming to us for their stuff. So I, I think our books can stand up against any book. Image, Marvel, DC, our books are as good, if not better. Well, some, I mean, even the look of them is terrific. Like I look at, I think it's pronounced Gerion. Is it Gerion or Gerion? Yeah. Okay. I pronounce it Gerion. Mm-hmm. I, I could be wrong. I should probably ask Tom Lincher and the creator. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun not to know, though. It's like Arden, Ardeen, who knows? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a great book. That's like a Miyazaki movie as a sci fi comic. It's a great book. It's actually, I consider Scout's very first ongoing book. Mm. Issue four is about to come out. Mm. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal book, and I'm very proud of it. And Tom's another guy, I think, I can't remember how he found, he found us. He approached us, either emailed or one of our team found him on Kickstarter or something. It was just one of those ones where everybody else just missed him. And our pre-orders for number one, that was our highest pre-order for any of our books so far. With no, with, honestly, with no marketing. It was, it was one of those things where we're like, okay, we rushed to get it out because we loved it so much. We did a little bit of marketing, but because of word of mouth or something, the pre-orders were huge on that book. And I'm so happy Tom deserves it. It's a phenomenal book. I highly recommend it. When I look at the cover of the Starscape in the background, there's a wing thing behind her, and you see like a young dwarf-like person in the front. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, you, at that point, I got to know what's going on here. I, you know, I see these yeah. characters. I'm it's fascinated. Yeah, fun and yeah. it's all ages. My ten-year-old daughter reads that one. You know, we try to put out some PG-13 books, a couple R books, but most of our books, a lot of our books are all ages. Even uh, Once Our Land, which was a two-issue mini that we put out that sold incredibly well. We did our first, second printing with issue one. My daughter, my ten-year-old daughter, read it and she loved it. And it's just this very beautiful, odd, amazing story. And that one actually is in development as a animated feature film as well. A lot of our stuff is in development. We've had a really good track record for setting our stuff up, and it's so fun. It's fun to put out great books, and it's great to have that opinion validated by movie and TV companies. See, I've got to be honest with you. Television is not what I consider to be in a golden era right now. I, you do I, not? I do not. And, and on, no. on some levels, yes. But there's a lot of stuff that I think could be done a lot better than what's going on on TV. I mean, I'm happy I'm happy to see the DC superheroes on there. Happy to see Marvel get their stuff on there. But there's a lot of shows that kind of fall into a pattern. As much as I love mystery shows, sometimes when I can sit there and five minutes into it, I can tell you who did it, then... I'm, you know, right. the show's in trouble. So right. I like seeing other kinds of stuff. And like you talk about Once Our Land and things, and I'm, see, I think that would be a great show. Or even yeah. an animated series or something would be uh, fun. Like absolutely. Look, let's hope for uh, the, the big movie and then the animated series shortly after. I'll, I'll gladly 
<laughs> except that progression. But I, I look, I think there's a lot of great TV on it. Yes, there's, there's so much these days. I'm a, of a certain age where I remember growing up when there was three channels or four channels. Right. So I think when you have four billion channels and 24-hour programming on every channel, of course not all of it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. But there have been some, inc- I mean, you know, Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad, some, there's some incredible TV on. And a lot of people, I, I hear what you're saying, but a lot of people say this is, the best TV that's ever been on just in terms of certain shows like, you know, Mr. Robot, Stranger Things. There's a lot of bad, but the good is so good. Yeah, well, you know, what? that's what happens when you generate a lot of it. You're going to have a lot of stuff in the middle. Someone's going to drop yeah. to the bottom. Someone's going to be top. The reason I say that is because when I think of all the television that's coming on 24 hours a day, all these different networks, and yeah, there are standout ones. You've mentioned a lot of them. You know, Stranger Things is a great thing that nobody expected. It came out of nowhere and stuff. And all those things are great, but when I look at the, I go through the television, there are many times a day when I go channel to channel about like 125 channels, and I still can't <laughs> find anything that I think is interesting to watch. Yeah, and I know, I know. So that bothers me about that. This is why I, I like to support things like what you're doing, because... You know, you guys had a scout channel or something like that, and you had your stuff on there, and you could turn it on really any time of the day and get a good story. I'd like that. You know, that I could, I, I could go for, you know. I like, I like how you're thinking. <laughs> I like how you're thinking, man. Because I, I, see, I, I like to see that kind of stuff because a lot of it to me is just, it's filler. You know, and I hate to say it, but, you know. No, that's true. I mean, that's, that's why we're trying to put out books, but each book is great. I mean, I think Arden, again, I have nothing but fond memories of Arden. By the end, I think... You know, not to point any fingers at any of our books, I don't think because of lack of resources and manpower, all of our books were at the level that they should have been. And so now with Scout, and we have a four-person editorial team. We pass on almost everything, every submission we get. Our bar has gotten much, much higher. And, you know, look, I've been submitting comics to Marvel and DC and other companies since I was 15 years old, back in 19... Uh, 87. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I get what it's like to submit stuff and get rejected. So like, I'm not saying people shouldn't submit because we look at all submissions, info at scoutcomics.com. Mm-hmm. And I personally look at them and my four-man editorial team, including me, uh, looks at it. So, but yeah, we're, we're saying no to almost everything, which is what you do when you run a publishing company. But when we find something and we get excited about it, we get really excited. Mm. But see, that's great. You know, because a lot of companies are looking, and I mentioned they've been about making money because, you know, we all talk about show business, and the business aspects is what dominates so much of the time. But if somebody actually is excited about what they're reading, something happens that gets an experienced comic reader like yourself and your cohorts all excited about it, I mean, that says something. Yeah, absolutely. And look, when we come back to the career, we're like, look, we have a team here. We all read it. We all love it. We're so excited. We got on the phone. You know, we're planning events with them, signings we're at New York Comic Con. Obviously, it's a big, that's our home base. We had the best, near, I've been at New York Comic Con with Arden and Scout for eight years, nine years. This past one was easily the best one we've had. We had crowds of people the entire weekend. We sold tons of stuff, a lot of Comic Con variant covers. It was fun. I was talking to people like, I read all your books. Oh my God, I love this book. Meet the creators. This is why we do it. We don't do it to be cynical mm-hmm. or just get the movie made. Of course, we want to make money because that's how you keep the lights on. Mm-hmm. And we're keeping the lights on. We're not buying the fanciest furniture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're doing okay. Mm-hmm. We're getting better and better. But the best part is when the fan comes up. Every writer knows this. Every publisher knows this. When the fan comes up, the person you've never met before, the person who has no reason to say it other than, I loved it. 
oh my God, or what did you mean when you said this? What does that panel mean? What does this sentence mean? And then you get to engage about story. That's what we all want to do. We want to tell great stories that'll be passed on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's people say that's the meaning of life is to pass on stories. It's, mm-hmm. And comics are so universal. The combination of the visuals and the words, even more than movies and TV, I think, in, in the comic form, especially for me, the serial, month to month, where you, you have a cliffhanger and you have to wait 30 days mm-hmm. for the answer. Mm-hmm. Like, that to me is like, uh, binge watching is great, but the idea of waiting 30 days for an answer, that's so fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wish people did that more. Well, I got to tell you a real quick story. I'm editing an indie comic, and we were at a, a store. They were having like an indie comics uh, local creators type thing and we were there and we had bumped into this one guy at uh, Megacon down here in Florida and he had bought the books and we hadn't seen them then and all of a sudden he comes rushing up to the table and he's got all the books in plastic casings like CGC type stuff yeah, and he's yeah. going like oh man sign this for me and he immediately puts them all back in the cases and then he starts talking to the creator was on page 12 you did this and but on page 14 this happened how do these go together and I was standing there just going and he's so you know, you could see the glow on him as he's yeah. talking about, you know, here comes somebody with a CGC type case trying to keep it pristine, right. you know, kind of stuff. Right. We were, he was just so, you know, at the end of the day, he was just glowing, you know, with all this stuff. And that's the kind of experience you get, I'm sure, too, because I remember seeing you at New York and there was this crowd of people around and I barely got to, to talk to you as all this stuff was happening around you. And I was like, wow, I said, things are really going for you guys. And I think that's just a, it's a sign of the product, I think, when the product resonates with people and people start to get interested in it, you're going to start to see the kinds of things that you're experiencing. Yeah, that's yeah, been interesting. You know, we've been up and down. We, you know, we started with Flash Gordon, we were up, and then Casper, and then we sort of started to go down, and now we're up again. I mean, obviously, you know, you and I are both old enough to know that's just part of life, so mm-hmm. I'm aware that sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. It happens to be good right now, and it, is, it feels amazing to be back up again mm-hmm. after a couple of years of being down. And look, we couldn't do without the fans. I'm not saying we have a billion fans, but we've got a very solid base of fans who come out for all our books. And I think the fan base is growing, and I appreciate every single one of them. And I love getting emails from people. I respond, I think, to every single email I get, I somehow respond to. And we've got a lot of amazing books coming up, so I obviously hope people will continue uh, on the ride with us. Now, of course, I've got a couple questions. You mentioned an email address about how to do submissions. Do you take submissions during like a convention? If you're at New York and somebody comes up and says, I've got this thing I'd like to submit, do you do that during conventions or do you prefer to get it during email? Email is easier because of the nature of conventions. They're so crazy. However, this past convention, we had a couple people submit to us or, or come up to us, including one of my favorite books that's coming out this year, Snow White Zombie Apocalypse. <laughs> that is, is a beautiful, amazing book, great art, great writing. And the writer approached me and showed me a couple pages and pitched me. And I, I was like, I think at the moment, I was like, I want, I said to him, I want this book. I want it. And he's like, well, you know, I'm talking to different people. I'm like, look, dude, do your thing. You should talk to everybody. And if you get a better deal with a publisher you like, you should go for it. But if you want to come back and talk to me, come back and talk to me. I want your book. And, he, and I told him about my movie stuff, which he liked. And he told me later on that he left and then he came back and our booth was swamped, but he saw two of my coworkers geeking out over his proposal. And he said that was one of the deciding factors for him. So, so yeah, that enthusiasm, the belief in a product, and we are all fans. We're all comic nerds. We do this because we love comics. We love 
22 pages of story with a cliffhanger like that, that we all love it. We all live for it. Now, I've got to ask you, of course, how do you get your books? This is the thing. It's in Diamond? Or your, your stuff's in Diamond, so stores can Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yep. And we finally got ourselves a bit more organized with back orders. So, yes, every month our books are in the Diamond catalog under Scout Comics. Mm-hmm. And our Scout page started with just Hench Girl on, on the Diamond page. And now, we're, I think the late, last one I saw, we were almost the one entire page. So we're growing. We're not going to grow too big because I think that's dangerous. But I think we'll be putting out a minimum of four books a month. I always like the idea of having at least one book on shelves every week mm-hmm. to keep visibility up. But yeah, Diamond, and then if you've missed an issue, I think almost all of our books are now available uh, back issues on scoutcomics.com mm-hmm. uh, with the exception of Hench Girl 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. I think almost everything else is, is now available again. Mm-hmm. And as books come in, we'll put them up on the website so you can either order from Diamond, you can order from us. We love supporting local comic book stores, so ordering from Diamond is great. Well, we want movie theaters to stay in business. We want comic book stores to stay in business. It's, it's, I think they're the lifeblood of the comic industry, and we could not do what we do without comic book stores. And I personally love going to comic book stores every week and checking out our books. Other, I mean, look, I still buy comics. I still buy Marvel and DC and independent books. If I see a independent books from someone I've never heard of, I'll pick it up because I like supporting great comics. Mm-hmm. Now, I've got to ask you about this, too, because I tend to like digital books as well. Yeah. But I haven't been able to find your stuff on Comixology. Are you guys aiming for that? Yeah, we just closed our deal with Comixology. Okay. It took a, a little while. Their contract is extensive. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to make sure that it was the right thing for us. Obviously, we want our comics to be available in all formats. I didn't want to jump feet first into a contract unless I really understood it. And, mm-hmm took the time to read it and look i'm busy i have a, I have a full-time day job mm-hmm. i've got two kids i've got my own writing career so i sometimes move at a slower pace than other people so yes but the answer is we we are starting now to upload our books to comicsology so in the coming days weeks and hopefully not months but over the coming weeks uh, you should be seeing our books on comicsology but yes that has been our Achilles heel, and lots of people have asked us, including our creators, and we are finally up and running on that platform. Because, you know, if you can't get a paper copy, and this happens, I'll get issue number two, and I don't have issue number one, and I'm going, how am I going to get issue number one, and I can't find it anywhere except for a price I'm not willing to pay. And I will go on yeah. to Comixology or drive through Comics yeah. or all these other different sites, and I'll get the digital version so that I can get back to buying on a regular basis the comic as it comes out. Smart. So, no, no, look, we're young. I think of us as, as a human, we're only uh, uh, 17 months old, we're barely walking, right. but we're trying to run. Look, there's been some, I mean, I would say there's been some more than just that. We've had a, a bunch of hiccups. We've had some lateness, we've had some problems filling orders, but it started off really as just me and Rich, and then we've been building this team, and now we're, we're getting these protocols into place where stuff is getting done in a better way. So, you know, look, it's just a matter of running a business where everybody who works for the company has a day job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yep. uh, you know, it's, it's not easy, uh, but we believe in it and we know that we can get it done. So, Good. I mean, anybody who's been waiting for comicology or for books or for answers, it's like, we appreciate your patience. Always feel free to reach out if you have questions about any of these things. And I always answer. I may not be the best answer. Like, oh, yep, a little more time needed, but we are working on it, and we hear people when they ask these questions. Well, I, I have to tell the what I call the uh, Frank Miller story. First issue of Dark Knight Returns came out, and the next issue, number two, came out a month later. And then number three came out six months later. And then number four came out a year later. 
<laughs> and I remember sitting there wondering if I was ever going to read the end of that story. But you know what? Yeah. It was so worth the wait. Now people, of course, forget all that stuff because you know it's of out course. on hardcovers and papers and all that stuff. But the thing is, is the quality stuff is worth the wait. And I, I'd rather that you take the time it takes to do it right than sit there and spit something out that's not necessarily what I'd want to read. So I think right. you guys are doing right. the right thing. I think it's better to do quality than it is to do fast. Yeah, but you do want to have a schedule, and then people expect their monthly comics on a monthly basis, and sometimes we'll go bi-monthly, but when, like, look, Solar Man 3 is really late, it's being drawn now, mm-hmm. there's a delay, and it's, I won't go into why there was a delay, but there just was, and mm-hmm. these things happen, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to be worth it, but that stinks, people read the first two issues, and they're excited for number three, and unfortunately, there's been a delay, it's coming out, but you don't want that, you want people, like, I know as a comic reader, you know, I read The Walking Dead every month. I want to find out what happens next. And when you have momentum, you don't want to lose momentum. So, yes, we do want our books to have quality, but we'd like to have them come out on time if humanly possible. Well, a lot of fans are very patient about that. You know, we, True. Like I, agree. I said, if it's, if it's good and you guys are up front and telling us about it, all the best. Now, I wanted to do a, a little more talking about the new seven new titles, Jim, because there's a couple we haven't touched on. Do you want to talk about a little bit about, like, say, Smoke Town? You talked about Snow White Zombie Apocalypse and Solar yeah, Flare. Which which amazing. Yep, yep. So how about the other ones? There's Long Lost. There's Heavenly Blues, which I'm fascinated Yeah, I mean, look, actually, there's, there's 11 titles. Uh, oh. that was just, we had announced, uh, I think, four at Comic-Con. So there's a, I'm happy to go over the 11. But, yeah, smoke, let's start with Smoke Town. Mm-hmm. Smoke Town, number one, hits comic stores next week, next Wednesday. Mm. I think that's... Is that April 1st? Yeah, April 1st. Mm. No, no, Mar- no, March 1st. All oh, right, I'm jumping ahead. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> March 1st. Yeah, you know, my birthday's in April, so I'm trying to rush uh-huh. it. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry. March 1st, Smoketown number one comes out. It's a very different kind of book. Than other. I guess you're going to hear a theme here. They're all very different. Mm-hmm. Smoketown is a story about a small town, about military families. It's a thriller. It's a crime story. It's a really intense, beautiful, exciting, very cool book. I'm really proud to be publishing that one. It says on your website, in an article, it talks about the fact that it's exposing the criminal side of a small industrial Pennsylvania town. Now, I come from a small Pennsylvania town, so I'm going to be really <laughs> interested to see. If it happens to be the one I come from, well, I'm going to be really interested to see what you talk about. That's that. right. That's right. I'm, I'm, a ho- I'm hopefully not the same one. And I went to college in... Scranton, Pennsylvania, so oh, I'm also... Uh, that, that's my I'm area. Also, uh, I'm a big fan of small or big Pennsylvania towns. Because I'm from a suburb of Scranton called Taylor, and oh, nice. that's where I came from. And so I always get a kick out of that, because whenever people talk about Scranton, I'm always fascinated. Scranton? What in the world? Because, you know, Scranton's yeah. not, not what you call a big town, so I always get a yeah, kick all, out of Yeah, but I found uh, all roads lead to Scranton. <laughs> <laughs> well, the TV shows have even been in there, so, you know, what the that's hell? Right. That's right. Now, talk a little bit about Heavenly Blues, because we talked about diversity, how important it is. Talk about that one, because that seems to be one of those books that I'm going to really look forward to, to get my diversity itch scratched really well. Yeah, that's a phenomenal book. That is a book about a bunch of guys in hell who decide to go on a mission together. So it's just a fantastic book, and the art is great. The writing, Ben, is is just a great writer. It's a really very exciting, fun book, and that's going to be a great one. So you have to say, they come from hell, but it's called Heavenly Blues. That's That's right. That interests me right away. They're missions missions in heaven, so... uh, I think they go on a, a dastardly mission in heaven. Mm-hmm. So that is one where it is a no-brainer movie in a mm-hmm. big way. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you've got Ella Amulet of Sharzim, looks like. That seems to be more of a, is that an all-ages type book? 
Exactly. I mean, look, my older daughter is Ellie. She's got dark hair and a cat. And I saw that cover on that submission and then read it. And it's the kind of book my daughters would love. It felt like a personal thing for me to acquire. And also, I love the story. I love the idea of producing books for younger kids. I think it's important. We did a book called Sabretooth Dan earlier this year, a three-issue mini that was like Calvin and Hobbes meets Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. That was a very important book to me. Again, I think that kids need to read comics. I'm almost 45. We need kids reading comics if we want to keep this industry going. Mm -hmm. It can't all be 20, 30, 40-year-old men. We need to get kids, girls into comics. Otherwise, the industry will dry up, and that's no good. Mm -hmm. Now, I've got two more I want to really touch on. You've got Long Lost which is a this beautiful cover. It's a, it's a yeah. girl with white hair and this white and red and black kind of gradiated fills and stuff in the background there. It really looks special. It's a horror book. And, of course, it's yeah. based in Appalachia, which, of course, is that my, that's my area, of course, where I came from. Do you want to talk a little bit about that one real quickly? Yeah, that's a great one. There's a couple of fun things about that one, one of which is that the creative team is a married couple, which I, I love. The husband is the writer and the wife is the artist and that alone, I think, is such a great story. But then you have the actual story of the book, which is this really dark, intriguing story about two sisters. And it's got this Stranger Things vibe while being its own story. Yeah. Another one that's just ripe for TV adaptation. Yeah. It's a great book. The art is just so beautiful. I have two daughters, so like the, any book about two sisters, I find it intriguing. Yeah. That is a great book. I'm really excited about that one. And the last one that I see, which makes me smile, is a funny cover. It's called Tinkers of the Wasteland, number one, yep. Cool Chickens of the Apocalypse. And there's a <laughs> yeah, that's, our, our problem. that's probably our craziest book, i got to say. <laughs> it's got um, a car chasing chickens, and they've got chickens on the roof, and it says the pirate on it. Yeah, so I guess that's our foray into sort of American manga, mm -hmm. Ameramanga, I guess. You mm -hmm. know. It's a fun book. It's really off the wall. I mean, look, the books you're talking about could not be more different, obviously. Mm -hmm. That's a fun one. It's like another all-ages book, just a wacky, fun. Raul is a visionary. It's a really fun, funny book. I mean, that's going to be, I think that one's going to do very well. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited about it. Cause, and you've also got on, on in this article, there's a, a, a recommendation by Scotty Young. Of course, yes. that's a wonderful person to get a recommendation for a book like this. Yes, I mean, the, the submission came with that recommendation. Uh, which, uh, it always, always makes the decision a little easier. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, let me read it real quick since I don't want people to get it. says, Tinkers of the Wasteland is like Mad Max and the Goonies jumping around inside your brain and causing nothing but trouble. It says, I love it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I like that's that. a great blurb to have from Scotty Young. You'll always be able to use that as, as far as you continue to go forward. Well, like we've been saying, there's a lot of variety. It looks like really tremendous stuff. you probably got other things in the pipeline you can't talk about right at the moment, but I imagine there'll be good things coming as we go along. But this all sounds really fascinating with a very different take on everything and going places I don't think comics have gone before, which as a longtime comics reader, I adore. So I think you're doing a terrific job. Man, keep up the good stuff. Thanks, man. I appreciate your time, and I didn't even mention all of our titles, and I certainly don't want to leave any of our creators out, but yeah, you should go to our website, which is continually being updated. Like I said, we've got at least 11 new books this year. Fisheye, with number two, is coming out shortly, which is a great crime thriller, another movie in the making. Just There's so many great books. I'm proud to be working with these talented creators. I'm honored by my team members. It's just it's very humbling 
like I said, to be working with so many great people, and uh, I could not do it alone, so I'm so appreciative. Let me ask one last quick question. What yeah. conventions are you going to be going to this year? Are you going to be in New York again? Yeah, New York's our home base. It's the only one I go to. I've got young kids, so I don't travel a lot. Our travel team, as I like to call them, Jim, Michael, and Alan, they're doing more and more conventions. We should actually add that tab to our website. So, yeah, this is another area, like the Comicsology, where we're going to get more organized and get more information out there. But, yeah, we will be going to more and more. I personally will only probably be going to New York Comic Con, so it's like the rare rare appearance by me. That's the only place to find me. But more importantly, Scout Books will be showing up at more and more conventions, and our creators will. So, yeah, send people to scoutcomics.com. And people can always email info at scoutcomics.com, and we'll have all the answers to come. Well, again, you're doing wonderful stuff. I can't wait to read a lot of it. I haven't read all of it yet, and I'm trying to get as many of them in as I can because it all looks really different and really exciting and real interesting. So, you know, again, I say just keep it up, and we'll have to talk again as things develop with you. Thanks. Yeah, call anytime. Yeah, later this year we're going to have a lot of new stuff, so uh, I look forward to uh, talking to you again. I really appreciate it. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy, and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. As a man, I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed, but as a symbol. Get the latest from the comics universe. News, interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics. That's it for this episode. Be back next time. I'll have another great interview with an excellent comics creator. Something I'm sure you won't want to miss. But until then, keep reading your comics. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.